Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi and welcome to the August 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Dami Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Anthony Penner, who's one of the unaccredited registrars at the Children's Hospital at Westmead. Anthony, the first paper we discussed was Outcomes of Corticosteroid Treatment for Trigger Finger by Stage. This is by Dr. Schultz et al. out of Texas. This was published in PRS way back in October of 2018. So Anthony, what was this paper looking at? Yeah, so uh, the, the authors um, based this paper on, on previous studies which suggested that between 60 to 90% of patients will experience improvement or resolution of trigger fin- finger symptoms with corticosteroid injections. Um, however, standardised staging systems were often not used in previous studies, making stage and disease-specific treatment recommendations difficult to establish. So can you just go through what was the staging system that they used for this study? Yeah, so that they've, they've used a five-staged system um, with grades based primarily on presenting symptoms. Um, and in terms of how they've differentiated the stages, they said stage zero was tenderness over the A1 pulling with no clicking, popping or locking. Yep. Stage one was clicking, popping and a palpable nodule but without locking. Stage two was locking overcome with an, the affected hand, so being able to straighten it out with the same hand. Stage three was locking overcome with the opposite hand. And stage four was an inability to flex or extend the affected digit. So what intervention were they doing for all these patients with the trigger fingers presenting? Yeah, so each, each patient um, uh, had the same injection technique, which was described in the paper as each digit receiving a corticosteroid into the flexor sheath of the region of the A1 pulling pulley. Uh, it was not mentioned in the study whether or not there was any ultrasound guidance but by the sound of it there wasn't Um, and it was said that each patient within the text body um, that they received four milligrams of dexamethasone um, uh, and 0.5 cc's of one percent lignocaine um, so in total one cc yeah um, but as you're saying, there was a bit of a difference between what they said in the abstract. That's right, yeah. In the so, abstract, they said six milligrams. Right, yeah, I'm not, not sure if that was a typo or not. Yeah. Um, but okay. in, in the abstract, it said six milligrams, and in the body of the paper, it suggested there was only four milligrams. And then what outcomes were they looking at? Um, in terms of the outcomes, they, said they had a primary outcome of complete resolution, um, which is described as free of clicking, popping, locking, and pain one month post the first injection. So in other words, stage zero. Right, exactly. Even looking at an improvement, they were looking at where they went from stage one, two, three, or four, back to stage zero. Zero or or complete resolution of symptoms, in fact. I mean, stage zero suggested tenderness. That They're saying that there's no pain, it's back to baseline. And and what they've, as a subtext, they've suggested that those with no response or incomplete resolution were considered to be treatment failures. So it was very much a binary outcome, one or zero with no in-between. Okay, and what did they find? So the key findings were that there was a positive association between treatment failure at one month and um, high-stage triggering. Um, Now, importantly, uh, it's important to note that post uh, the data collection and analysis, the authors combined um, stage one and two and stage three and four groups and analysed them together. Okay. So when they looked at um, stage one and two and compared them to stage three and four, they found that 
the, the difference in grading um, was indicative of treatment failure. So they've suggested that 81% of patients in stage one and two experience resolution of symptoms compared to about 53% in groups three and four. And this was a significant finding with a p-value of 0.3. Um, they've also suggested from this that uh, no resolution of symptoms is two times more likely per one unit of increased baseline stage. So in essence, they're saying that um, for each stage uh, increase, you're two times more likely to have failure of treatment. The other key finding they came out with was that uh, having multiple affected digits was significantly associated with failure. And they've suggested that a patient is 5.8 times more likely to have treatment failure with multiple affected fingers. In terms of their results though, so we've spoken about how stage three, which is the locking, which is overcome by the opposite hand, sort of unlocking it, or stage four, which is inability to flex or extend the affected digit. Mm -hmm. They lump those two together. Yes. However, do you just want to make a comment on how those two groups went if you looked at them separately? Yeah, well, I think, I think the first thing to note is in the paper, the authors justify doing this by saying that uh, clinically patients were noting a difference in, 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 in symptoms between stage two and three. In essence, they're saying that patients at stage three had more uh, significant symptoms than those in stage two. So they suggested that it was appropriate to group them together. They also suggested that the previous literature uh, would support this. However, when you break down uh, the groups by stage, and the authors, to their credit, do this and present a graph quite clearly, you can see that, that there are only a small number of patients in the stage four group. So if you break down the groups, there are 30% of patients in stage one, 38% in stage two, 24% in stage three, and 7% in stage four. So it's a much smaller group. Yep. And then when you look at the uh, rates of complete resolution, about 70% of patients in the stage four group had complete resolution of symptoms, which goes away from the trend line and, and, and kind of counteracts the findings of the paper which suggests that as the, the grade increases, uh, complete re rates of complete resolution reduce, which was a bit, a, a bit confusing to see. Yeah, well, I think, and the issue I had was that they didn't discuss that mm. in their discussion, whereas I think it is significant. Look, they only had seven patients in stage four, but of those seven patients, five of them had complete resolution with the steroid injection. To then lump those patients in with stage three to say that these patients are not going to do well, when in fact 70% of them did extremely well, uh, does not seem to fit um, with the data. Um, so the, the conclusion does not seem to fit with the data. Uh, were there any other issues you had with the paper? I guess, I guess first of all, I'd, I'd probably want to start with the positive things yeah. I thought about it. Uh, I thought that the study design was, was strong. Um, yeah. I was very happy with the fact that it was prospective. They had senior assessing surgeons who were standardised prior to the staging system. I, think this, I had no problem with the staging system. Um, uh, and, and the fact that the patients, uh, there was a power study used prior to commencing and they aimed for a, a 0.8 um, a powering, which, which was appropriate. Um, another positive thing that the authors did was they didn't really describe why dexamethasone was used as the primary um, injecting solution, but at, at some point they mentioned that it was removed from the market. And once that happened, um, they actually ceased the trial rather than confounding results by using two different um, injections, yes. which I thought was reasonable. And additionally, some people may not uh, agree with this, but I think having a clear outcome um, of complete resolution and treatment endpoint at one month allowed this paper 
to have a, a clear, clear definitions um, and, uh, and and goals, which I, I thought was a positive thing. Yeah. In terms of the problems, if, yeah. if I can counter that, yes. Because I would have thought, like as I said, the resolution was either complete resolution or it's treatment failure. Whereas I would argue, if you're starting off with stage three, where you can only open your finger by using the other hand to unopen it, and you go from stage three to a stage one, where you've just got a bit of tenderness over the A1 pulley, but you're not getting any locking, that that would be a significant improvement in the hand function for that particular individual. That obviously would make the assessment of the results a lot more difficult, because then you've got to then quantify the degree of improvement. And if you're going from a stage four uh, to a stage zero, then that obviously makes it a significant improvement. So that would, maybe that would skewed their numbers on I, think, I think it probably would have I mean the power study was used for, for, yeah. for a binary outcome yeah, I presume right. and so yeah. they probably would need a lot more patience and yeah. I guess earlier you asked what, what were the issues with the paper and I think my biggest issue is, is not in the study design I think probably one of the reasons this was published in PRS yeah. was because of how good the design was yes. but the biggest issue I think was the lack of number of patients yeah. particularly in the stage 4 group yes. only having 7 patients at which the, the rate of resolution was similar to grade, the stages 1 and 2 uh was an issue um, and it, it counter, counters the uh, uh, increased risk that was suggested as staging increases. Um, I've mentioned dexamethasone. It would have been nice if they would have mentioned why they preferred that. Um, one other issue which the, the, the authors did talk about was that poorly controlled diabetics were not included in this cohort and um, the, the literature suggests that they're the greatest at-risk group for treatment failures. Um, and of course, there was the confusion about the dexamethasone dosing. Um, I guess my takeaway from this paper is um, it is possible that the higher the stage, um, the less likely steroids will result in complete resolution. However, I think due to this stage four finding, it limits our ability to make definitive conclusions. Um, but I still think it is reasonable to discuss with your patients um, of higher grade that they may have a higher chance of, of treatment failures. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.